the year is 2021. The world is fucked. A spectre of death looms over the games. But that won't stop the world's most successful Olympic nations descending on Tokyo. The People's Republic of China. The divided states of America. The country formerly known as Russia. But this show is not about those countries. This show is about the little guys. The underdogs. The battlers looking to wrap their fists around a medal and become a national holiday. This is Medallica, colon, minnows versus the world, colon, truck ramp to Tokyo. Good morning. Welcome to Medallica, colon, minnows versus the world, colon, truck ramp to Tokyo. And to those of you who are into tax havens that historically harbour criminals, today is your day because San Marino just broke the duck, won their first Olympic medal, rig. Are you excited? I'm so jacked. <laughs> I So San Marino, they are a country of 33,000, the smallest country ever to get on the board with a medal, a bronze in the women's trap yesterday, courtesy of Alessandra Perilli. How good. Uh, they're 61 square kilometres in size, which for those of you playing at home is about five times the size of Sydney Airport. So, <laughs> <laughs> meaning, meaning that in... For Olympics time, I look forward to a pilot who flies for Virgin just stepping onto the dais yeah. <laughs> from the sovereign nation of Kingsford Smith Airport. I was looking at different facts about San Marino for our Instagram post this morning and realised that it's never been taken over, mainly for two reasons. One, there's nothing there <laughs> worth taking. And number two, it is all hills. Oh, it's a massive, massive mountain. They've done very well. They basically went... Cool. Uh, let's build a fuck-off big observatory up the top of a mountain because you know what people hate? Observatories. You know what else they hate? Mountain climbing. Yeah, anything more than a slight incline is the dead set worst. Oh, it's amazing. So, yes, as the uh, very rich, very wealthy, very anonymous nation, <laughs> San Marino, celebrate long into the European night. Again, one of the least visited places on the planet, joining Turkmenistan. <laughs> but Turkmenistan, because they are a gaseous crater that is on fire, <laughs> as opposed to San Marino, which is just a fucking mountain. Yeah, they will be partying all the way into the night because it's sunlight for 24 hours a day at the moment. <laughs> Those 14 minutes of night. <laughs> God, yeah. you love them. <laughs> but yes, it was a huge day for uh, for minnows all over the board. The minnow medals, of course, have uh, kicked off in earnest. Uh, mm. Now that we're into day seven. Wow, the days really do start to get as long as daylight is in San Marino, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> yeah, and they blur together like I'm sure people's existence in San Marino <laughs> are like... <laughs> Just like the multiple bank accounts of every <laughs> member of the San Marino population. Just another day on the hill. <laughs> I was also reading about their major exports and effectively it's like MISC, pr uh, MISC primary sector is like 65%, which is another word for embezzling. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by primary export. Fuck is that? And then, <laughs> and then cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Shades of George Costanza, just like, I mean, import, export. <laughs> it's what? great. They also don't have a military. They just rely... I mean, they've never been in a conflict since the 1400s, which yeah. just, as an Australian, is unfathomable yeah. <laughs> that you've managed to avoid war for that long, but also yeah. it's supply and demand. You've got oh, nothing worth taking. Totally. The, they haven't got an army. They've got a bloke named Fabrizio. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a fucking mall cop. <laughs> 
<laughs> the other thing is that the amount of noses that are going to be turned up immediately that the brass is being brought home. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about San Marino that I found out was it's actually not a Schengen member country, meaning that you actually need to provide your passport if you're from any country other than Italy, oh, which is just like you are already making it hard for people to want to go there. <laughs> if, your fir- if your first pitch is hills and then your second pitch is nothing worth of value, <laughs> why, why would you then say also you need to bring your passport? <laughs> they will be pumped on so many levels and they'll be bringing their passports out because, God, they've got to go to the bottle shop, which is all the way in Italy. <laughs> bring back some sweet, sweet juice. (laughs) But also, they are famously terrible at sports. Yeah. (laughs) They've literally lost every single soccer match their national side has ever played. Oh, wow. (laughs) It is a long, storied history of losing. Are you telling me you can't get a ring in from 10 minutes (laughs) outside of the border? (laughs) With their sort of money, you could buy Juventus. Mm. (laughs) Just get them in. You can win against the Cook Islands. Yeah. Australia's putting up a hundred on those fuckers every time they take the pitch. But yes, the Minnow medals, we turn our attention to. San Marino is still a part of it. Didn't didn't win gold. They're still alive in our eyes. Yeah, very true, very true. I'd forgotten about that. I'd struck them in red on the on the sheet. <laughs> no, but no you're, you're quite right. They're still here. So just because we have been getting some DMs about how the Minnow medals work, we did uh, address it early on in the piece with Medallica, but just tell the people how this system plays. Basically, if we only have a look at countries that have never won Olympic gold before, so if you've won silver, you've won bronze, you're still in contention, you're still in the minnow medal tally, and the highest performing minnow in any respective event will receive a gallium medal for first, a steel medal for second, and a brass medal for third but they could they're just for the three top performers in any field so if you if like kuwait comes seventh chad comes 15th and andorra comes 21st they're going to get gallium steel and brass respectively absolutely the people's medals really Mm. because as we know the olympics is uh rife with professionals it's far far away from its amateur roots so it's time to bring it back yeah absolutely and so if we take a look at the table now based on all that information provided we've still got moldova on top and nothing screams success like five gallium medals by the poorest nation in Europe by a long way. <laughs> they it's, are pissed about it yeah, too. Yeah, it's too big to be rich. <laughs> it's very much unlike San Marino. It's the exact it's the reverse. <laughs> so Moldova's still on top with five gallium, but they haven't moved. They haven't moved the ticker in, in two days. So... That gives opportunities to countries like Kuwait, mm. who have screamed into second after a big day of sh- shooting in the Olympics. And <laughs> they, and then Honduras, the murder capital of the world, uh, also screaming into third. So they've now both got four gallium. Fantastic. Uh, not only that, we've got some new entrants. Uh, Qatar. Taking a break from slavery. <laughs> You've heard all those stories about here that they're actually they've actually got slaves making all of the venues for the FIFA World Cup. Oh, it's fucked, and uh, and not only that, but it is people are dying. Yeah, they're dying because the 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 heat reaches in summer in Qatar like fifty degrees Celsius, which in Fahrenheit for all you Northern Hemisphere countries is four million. (laughs) (laughs) So you just imagine how hot that is. This is why I keep fucking up my roast in the oven. (laughs) <laughs> i got to stop using American recipes. <laughs> Cook until 165 Fahrenheit. You're looking down at your Celsius thermometer. <laughs> 
Well, probably done. Yeah, no, Zach Galifianakis <laughs> equations. <laughs> we also have El Salvador as a as a new entrance, uh, which is Spanish for the, the Salvador. Salvation. Oh no! <laughs> I so, don't know. So glad one of us one was doing Spanish. Who salvages? <laughs> I assume it's it's translated roughly into English as the forager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a hat tip to their origins as people who bindo for food. <laughs> and we love that. <laughs> Being from the People's Republic of Rigistan, home of the mighty fight in Ibis. <laughs> There's nothing that a country can't use like bin juice. So mm. speaking of... Salvador actually means one who saves. I wasn't that far off. It I love means saviour. Oh, good. Duolingo coming through for you. Yeah. So speaking of the People's Republic of Rigistan, uh, the... Now only micronation that I can think of without an Olympic medal. (laughs) (laughs) Watching San Marino get up is a huge beacon of hope. Absolutely. For Rigistan. Because Mm. it is, as uh, everybody knows, who's listening to this show with a brain, uh, it is the micronation that exists inside the municipality of Marrickville in New South Wales, Australia. And surrounded by all four sides. It is is landlocked, famously. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you think 61 square kilometres is a small country, try 250 metres square. Yeah. (laughs) We're real small. Exactly. Comes with full plumbing in a bathroom, though. (laughs) Just like San Marino, who take all their utilities from neighbouring Italy. Yeah. (laughs) We are heavily reliant on the... (laughs) generosity and power grid of neighbouring Australia. <laughs> the benevolence. <laughs> the begrudging benevolence of Australia. <laughs> we have our own passports. We use their money. <laughs> we Which is exactly what San Marino do. They use the euro. They're like, do you want to be in the EU? No. <laughs> okay, so, oh, you've got your own money. Also no. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, we... Do look forward to when uh, the borders open because, unfortunately, um, our border with Australia (laughs) famously closed (laughs) because, just like Turkmenistan, no COVID in Rigistan, zero cases, (laughs) and we're fucking keeping it that way. If you thought Mark McGowan was harsh on his borders, (laughs) the border to Rigistan shut on March 23rd, (laughs) 2020, and it hasn't been open since. Absolutely not. We've actually put a ring of steel around the house. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Go Dan only, Andrews. Only delegates from Deliveroo and Uber Eats are allowed. <laughs> Essential workers. Yeah. <laughs> They're forced to leave all of their deliveries at the border. Yeah. <laughs> where they are scrapped for by the Ibis who mans it. <laughs> I've been so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they just wear, yeah, all of the Ibis in the People's Republic of Rigistan uh, actually dress up like Vatican guards. <laughs> Look at those! Look at those poofy little hats and the weird checkboard, puffy pantaloons. Oh my god! And you haven't lived until you ceremonial t- act long axes <laughs> until until you've tried to put a butcher's coat on an ibis. You haven't lived. Those fuckers are so resilient, <laughs> but also incredible guards. They're doing a great job, and uh, we really do want they're, they're loyal listeners of the cast as well. So <laughs> in, in their downtime <laughs> while diving. <laughs> It's they are the second best divers on the planet after the 2006 Italian soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> never forget. <laughs> but yes, it is time to move on to the one, the only, the people's reverb segment. Minnow watch. 
Minnow Watch. Again. <laughs> that's that's what it's called. It's what we do in it. A very quick obituary we need to write. Ooh, this is a tough one. This this pulls at the heartstrings. And it's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. It's just going to be R.I.P. LZJ. Mm. Couldn't go all the way. No. He was... Because he, he's fucking dead he, to us. <laughs> he, is, he is buried. Yeah, that was, that was tough to watch. And... Rig, as we spoke about last night, it wasn't tough to watch because LZJ is no longer in the Olympics. One of our our great hopes that we had placed a, a lot yep. of faith in. Mm. Um, it's it's not it's not tough because uh, because he's eliminated and uh, probably at the airport uh, on his way home. It's tough because badminton is the shittest sport <laughs> I've ever seen, bar none. <laughs> It is dumb on a level that makes the entire Jackass franchise seem like Stephen Hawking books. <laughs> <laughs> we were, how do I say this, having a meltdown <laughs> while, while we were watching this as the cockman that we, <laughs> that we were getting right behind just he started off with an absolute bang. He won his first set 21 8, mm. and then narrowly lost, lost his second set 21 19, and then just shat the bed. He lost his last set 21 to. He, he was losing at one point 16 to 5. Yeah, that's gross. And I was like, oh, you are kidding. And I said to you, I felt really bad. And you were like, yeah, this is the worst. I said, we've hitched ourselves to a horse. And just as we've put our legs into that stirrup, the horse has started running away at breakneck speed, dragging us both through the dirt. <laughs> I hate that man now. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I can't believe that... I mean, on one hand, I'm stoked that he lost because I cannot ever watch badminton again. <laughs> it's the dumbest parts, the worst parts of every racket sport. Because it's effectively a combination between that game that you play at a kid's party where you try and keep a balloon in the air, mm. the bad parts of tennis, and then waiting at the fucking RMS to get your license. <laughs> <laughs> is an eternity of boring. Oh, totally. And you know what, jokes aside, our hearts do go out to the people who had to adjudicate that and just sit in the chairs oh, and just watch the whole match because that would have been the... that Those were the people who were doing it worse than we were. <laughs> they looked dead inside. In fact, I didn't see any of them signal any line call, so I think they may actually be weekend at Bernie-style corpses. Yeah, I think they were wearing the glasses with the eyes open <laughs> while they were having a snooze. <laughs> yeah, so that's... <laughs> LCJ, and another also, X. But totally, it's like we also spoke about the fact that badminton was held in a giant stadium. It, it makes no sense that they would zero build, sense that they would build any seats for spectators because, in the same way that you uh, don't expect that um, you're going to get more than the family and a few uh, onlookers and well wishes uh, to a small funeral. Um, <laughs> badminton should never have more than the dead judges, the single <laughs> players that are that are there, and uh, one coach because for some reason LZJ decided to go it alone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only the Chinese guy had a coach, and his entire contribution was to give him a fucking banana. Yes, 
<laughs> Got to get that potassium up. <laughs> I did say earlier during the cast's run that every sport should re- should be held in a place that reflects the prestige of the event. Oh, God. Which is why I think badminton should be played in that overgrown patch of grass next to that three-by-three basketball (laughs) cigarette-butt-laden broken glass covering the bitumen (laughs) basketball half-court. How good is the escape from LA games that we're making? (laughs) It's just just Mad Max and accompanying sports. (laughs) Seriously, it was absolutely horrible. And I just I couldn't get over the fact that this was the first knockout run. So he'd gone two zip, two zip, and then lost against this fucking rando who'd come from nowhere. And this is the point at which I was really losing it. And I said to you, this guy's number nine in the entire world for badminton and can't get past the round of sixteen. Do you know who the world number number nine is in say tennis? <laughs> Roger Federer. Yeah, little little known uh, scrapper. Young upstart from <laughs> Switzerland. God, I hope he does okay. <laughs> Prayers up for him. That's it. Nation's hope on his shoulders. <laughs> Back against it. Put your fringe out for Federer. <laughs> the kid's doing it hard. <laughs> Which means we are now two feature athletes down. Yeah, we are. And... um. Realistically, LZJ, we probably should have seen coming and um, we we can accept that badminton is the worst sport ever and we don't have to watch it anymore, which is fantastic. And that means you don't have to watch it anymore either. Boycott that sport. Let's get it the fuck out of the games. Yeah. <laughs> but Peter Taufetafua, um the jury is out as to whether he has uh, a pulse in the village <laughs> because he has gone... AWOL since we last chatted with him uh, about getting him onto the cast. It could be because he heard our scathing um, outlook on Taekwondo. (laughs) It could have been because those massive kicks to the head he got in his first round have finally taken hold and he's uh, lying in his cardboard bed in the (laughs) Olympic Village just (laughs) contemplating his own existence. Or it could be that for some reason his agent is in LA... (laughs) And we are dealing with a ridiculous time difference. Yeah, and I'm going to say this because I think that there is a a high chance um, that he has uh, disappeared back into into the ether. But when you book an agent or when you're choosing an agent as a a sportsman, as a musician, uh, as someone selling their home, you go through exactly the same thought process. Yeah. That is... Who can do the best job for me for the least amount of commission? (laughs) (laughs) And I think what Peter's done here is that he's gone, who can take the least amount of commission? Yeah. (laughs) And the quality has really fallen to the arse. Uh, Do you know the weird thing is about this? It's ironically made it harder to get in touch with him. Oh, yeah. Because we actually got him on the Medallica podcast for the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And we literally just hit him up on Insta. Yeah. he's And he was like, great. Sick, let's do it. And we organise it like that. This is actually, it's made it so much harder that we now have to go through this guy. It, it has made it much, much more difficult. But I, I then as I was thinking about it, Rig, you know what? It actually dawned on me. I, I realised what's happened. What? Peter Taufetafua is a resident and a homeowner in the great city of Brisbane. 
Right. I think he may be smarting a little from recent comments made on this particular <laughs> podcast <laughs> ah. that uh, may have driven the value of his home through the floor. <laughs> Not overplaying our reach or influence, but I did uh, get quite a number of death threats. <laughs> we can now never do a show in Queensland, and I told you that, and you, I've never seen you more ecstatic. <laughs> I, the two high points of my life have been <laughs> when you told me we didn't have to go to Queensland, <laughs> and when LZJ lost that fucking match, and I knew I'd never have to watch Badminton again. Third <laughs> is your son being born. <laughs> yeah, but daylight to third. <laughs> <laughs> it's those two sitting atop the San Marino mountain and then at base camp is the birth of my child. <laughs> oh, good. Well, after, now that we've covered off and just really <laughs> put salt on the earth <laughs> of our feature athletes, uh, we move on to our flagship segment where we cover everything that could possibly go wrong at these Olympics. It's Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. And you are going to start us off, my friend. What have you got? Okay, so we have at various points during the run of this Tokyo 2020 plus one games expressed our disdain towards the way that the American public are getting behind their athletes. I don't recall that, but go on. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Roll the tape. <laughs> Just a large fucking screen pops up of your face red <laughs> about to explode. <laughs> so... It turns out that there is uh, not just a problem with the way that the American public are approaching their athletes, but also with the way that the American media are trying to smooth over the cracks. Right. Because every news outlet in the States is reporting the medal tally from the Tokyo Games in a way that is not being reported anywhere else on the planet. I think I know where this is going. Yeah, so the states in response to their athletes uh, not doing as well as they'd expected, but at the same time still winning crap loads of medals. Yeah. Winning. That's the, that's the key phrase. They are winning medals. Yeah. They have said, okay, we will be doing the medal tally as total medals. Classic. Which... Surprise, surprise, puts the United States smack bang on top. Yeah. And everybody online is like, it says medal tally, not gold medal tally. However, the Olympics, you know, the organisers of the fucking event, have famously come out and said the medal tally is organised golds first and ranked top to bottom from gold medals. Then if they're tied, go to silver. Then if they're tied, sure. go to bronze. Which surprisingly means that the states drop from first to a princely third. Yeah. Still winning third, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> As jumping ahead of them is China into pole position and then the hosts, Japan, in second, ahead of the United States because gold first, the thing that you've been <laughs> bitching about not winning this whole time, you absolute charlatans, <laughs> is the most important part of the games. Which way do you want it? Oh, God. Just the best way, obviously. 
you got to love revisionist history. Oh, it's incredible. But <laughs> did you imagine how these games are going to be written about in the future? 2020, we're on top of the medal count yet again with 112 medals. <laughs> it's the best. 20 it, gold. It's, I mean, there's still enough time because the athletics is about to start, which mm. Team USA famously pours money into like yep. a bricky at a fucking empty building site. <laughs> So they will dead set tear home medals, probably gold, because again, <laughs> they are very good at it. Yep. But we all just need to cross our fingers and hope for the best, because the best would be any country apart from the United States of America finishing with the most gold, but the USA finishing with the most medals. Yeah. Cue debate. <laughs> You Weibo <laughs> melting down. But what I want really is for Japan to finish on top somehow. They have done so... Every day we that we've, you know, done this cast, I've said to you off air, like, fucking wow, Japan is shitting at home. Oh, they're tearing it up. Because obviously, I mean, they once they won the Olympics, they would have just... You know, all the the coffers uh, are being opened, and and all the money is going into sport. Because oh yeah, they've and just come out of fucking nowhere and won a whole bunch of medals that you're like, fuck, Japan won that. Yeah, Com- completely. Gymnastics. Yeah, skateboarding. Like yeah. these are historic medals for these co- <laughs> for this country. I, I mean, the skateboarding one won by a 13 year old who was dead set eight yeah. at the last Olympics yeah. is historic. It is literally the first. But there was like the male gymnast who who came, who, who got like a, a gold medal. I'm like, I don't even know Japan competed in gymnastics. Yeah, and you can't even put it down to home ground advantage because the stadiums are famously empty. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe they just, I don't know, maybe they've just got the touch because they're <laughs> just there every day training in the places that they need to be. It's whatever it is, uh, they're absolutely bringing the fire to these games. And speaking of bringing fire, here's my segment for this. So, wow, what would an Olympics be without, you know, the Olympic spirit and the complete antithesis to that, which is open racism. Oh, for fuck's sake. So... <laughs> it's, un- it's only taken seven days. Only seven. My, money's was on un- my money was on, on unders. unders. So <laughs> my mine too. It's actually longer than I thought. Why'd we bet on LZJ? Yeah. <laughs> so, men's cycling time trial. I'm familiar which, with it. If I were to explain how that works, it's kind of like racing your ghost in Mario Kart 64. <laughs> So, oh, or, pr- or actually, let me rephrase. It's kind of like time trial in Mario Kart 64. <laughs> so, God, what a cerebral and difficult to understand event. Fastest time wins. Weird concept. <laughs> anyway, one of the cyclists was a German named Nikias Arndt, and he was being coached. I suppose, by the cycling sports director, Patrick Moster, who was part of the Olympic, the German Olympic Federation. I say was because I'm not sure if he still is in it. After, during the time trial race, the German was trailing two athletes who were from Arabic countries. No. <laughs> and so he decided, well, the, the sports director... Moster decided to scream to motivate the cyclist from Germany by saying, 
get the camel drivers. Oh. And it was picked up on TV. As it should be, because that is dead set fucked. It was broadca- broadcast live on television with commentator with one of the commentators saying, if I've really understood it, he was shouting, that was totally wrong. Words fail me, something like that has no place in sport, which is absolutely correct. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty black and white. Moster comes out and says, in the heat of the moment which is the worst way to start a sentence in relation to this. <laughs> that's, that's the no offence but of the sporting world. It is. In the heat of the moment with the overall burden that we, were, that we were having here, my choice of words was not appropriate. I'm extremely sorry and can only offer my sincere apologies. I didn't want to offend anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's Don't know how that's going to work <laughs> out for you, mate. <laughs> that's gross. That is definitely <laughs> crook. But I guess the most amazing part of this whole story is... You know, there was this conspiracy theory that, uh, you know, Nazis had access to a time machine, and I think this is proof of that. This this he is the ha- Stargate. He, he literally got in at 1940, and he's <laughs> ended up here at Tokyo 2020. He had a penchant for cycling back in the day. Now he's looking at his racer on a 19-gram bike and says... Get those insert racial epithet. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen the bike that he brought with him. The 40s was not kind. <laughs> Penny farthing. It's just one. Are we giant still riding these wheel? guys? <laughs> God. Everyone's got uh, two normal sized wheels. How strange. Mm. Anyway, that's um I'm glad that guy's fired and I hope that he is I don't even know if he is fired. Surely. You can't say so. So the like president that. the president of the entire German Olympic Confederation said the comments were unacceptable because the organisation stood for respect, fair play and tolerance. And the actual writer uh, him, himself said he was appalled by the incident and was distancing himself from it on social media. It says the Olympics and cycling stand for tolerance, respect and fairness. I represent these values 100% and take my hat off to all the great athletes who have come from all over the world here in Tokyo. But nothing s- says anything about the repercussions. Well, we will follow that. <laughs> because, oh because you can't just shrug and say... Germany. Oh, the 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 no offense, but the in the heat of the moment defense is flawed. It's it's inherently flawed. And look, I don't want to encourage this, but find geez, him on socials. No, but <laughs> as a German, oh, oh you you don't have a lot of a le- you don't have a lot of legs to stand on. No, there. no, no, no. And and that's the thing is that uh, the entirety, apart from this bloke, uh, of of the German populace are drastically attempting to reframe and uh, totally. reinvent the perception that the world some, somewhat still has that's a hangover from World War II. Exactly. And shit like this is not fucking helpful. Moster, you are fucking up the rebrand <laughs> in a huge way. And it's an expensive one. It's so expensive. Oh we just God. paid the bill. <laughs> That's it. The branding agency did not pull punches. That no. invoice had tons of zeros on it. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, so after we got quite heavy, I'm just going to take us to a slightly lighter side of the news for a second, and that is the baseball. So, Rig, Tokyo has been a wonderful bastion of some of the best parts of sport. Just kidding. It's been a total train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) And And the baseball is no stranger to this because as we all know and has been covered already, there is a fucking bear that is living inside <laughs> the stadium waiting to eat people. Yeah. <laughs> he pitches for the Russian team. 
<laughs> is just living off scraps like the fight nibus <laughs> <laughs> and is dead set chasing people underground. <laughs> but that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about the fact that uh, there is an addition to the baseball that has only recently been introduced. We assume that it was uh, part of the mighty unveiling of Day 7. But at the baseball last night, the Tokyo Organising Committee unveiled the Mega Mitt, which is a motorised baseball mitt that is being used to drag pitchers from the bullpen out to the middle of the diamond. What? It is. Why don't they just walk? No, no. There's a bear <laughs> rig. <laughs> walking is it could get you eaten. Is it literally that they're, saying, they're claiming the bear is why they need to do that? I'm claiming that's why <laughs> they need to do that. But it is a giant golf buggy that has the seat is a baseball mitt. The floor <laughs> is a turfed mini diamond. What? The, f- the front of it has a scrolling LED screen that screams, go, go, go. <laughs> Which <laughs> I assume, again, is a reference to the impending mauling that yeah. the bear is going to give to yeah, the next pitcher. It's actually the warning shout you need when the bear comes out of hiding. <laughs> when you hear this, evacuate. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But also the the stock images that have been released <laughs> feature this Israeli pitcher being uh, ferried out from the bullpen <laughs> to the middle of the ground, sitting in this novelty mitt, and he looks fucking anything but impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the face of a man that's thinking, I am a meme. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the thing is, though, like, the Japanese just really love theming and making anything cutesy. Oh, yeah. Like, why can't you just have a regular fucking golf cart? <laughs> like, take out. <laughs> like, why does it. Why, why do you need to rebrand it and paint it yellow and make it a giant Pikachu? <laughs> like, can you just fucking. <laughs> Just transport them on a regular buggy. Get those fucking things they use in the AFL to get the the people who you know get on with the stretches. Yeah, yeah. So a, 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 sm- a normal car. Yeah, like, like a normal four wheel vehicle that you can drive onto turf and transport people on. I don't know, Rig, but I think that this might be uh, more than the average bear they're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> if you will, it's a <laughs> gone full yogi. <laughs> Vladimir is not to be fucked with. (laughs) (laughs) You should see the trail of hands leading to the fucking dugout. (laughs) Just him sitting there chowing on a head. (laughs) (laughs) The trail of hands. He's just trying (laughs) to seduce a female bear. (laughs) It's the equivalent of rose petals. (laughs) Follow the hands, my love. (laughs) Hansel and Gretel style. Hansel and Gretel. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, there is literally a bear still loose <laughs> in the stadium. <laughs> and every that day, is not a joke. That's actually that's, a thing. That's truth. And every day I scour the news to see if they found this bear. And every day I get donuts from the world media. So either the bear is gone, unlikely. How's it going to get out? It doesn't have fucking opposable thumbs to unlock the gate. <laughs> yeah. Or very likely there is a nationwide cover-up as this bear tears through baseball teams yeah absolutely that's the that's the truth that i want to believe in (laughs) it's this entire typhoon yeah government made (laughs) to smooth over the bear cracks birds aren't real (laughs) certainly not waves man-made bears robots why are you talking about bears in the stadium there's a storm coming (laughs) 
Yes, so we will continue to uh, follow just the biggest story of this games that is uh, trying to disappear before our very eyes because mainstream media, they'll just show you what they want you to see, right? Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> There's a bear in the stadium. <laughs> oh, there are literally people who are listening to this right now being like, that is truth. I bet that bear is vaccinated. Yeah, I was about to say, the way that we can spin this any way we want, the bear unvaccinated <laughs> you know why because he has his own choice <laughs> he has his own free will <laughs> yeah no thumbs but also no vaccination <laughs> he'll live forever yeah <laughs> uh, well that's all we got time for for apocalypse now which means we turn our attention to the mailbag okay yeah you got something have you i do through uh through our facebook we have got a <laughs> the finally deciphered uh, message that was supposed to come to us from Lucy from Mount Eliza instead of oh, the, the, the butt the, message. The jumble of consonants. <laughs> Looking like a scrabble bag being <laughs> emptied. The, the old boggle board that's just been <laughs> pegged at the internet. No, it uh, it turns out that there was there was an actual message that was supposed to come through, which I'm just pulling up now. Right. Okay, so uh, in the lead up to the two thousand eight Beijing Games. Yes. Christopher Lyles from The Telegraph in the UK uh, uncovered this piece of info from the 1900 Olympics, which reads as follows. 128 competitors participated in poodle clipping at the 1900 (laughs) Olympics in Paris. (laughs) The event was held in the leafy environs of the Bois de Boulogne, and it was... The The what? The Bois de Boulogne. (laughs) <laughs> did, did, did you catch that at home? It's the, no, say it again. The leafy environs of the Bois de Bouillon. Okay. <laughs> and the only occasion it featured as an Olympic discipline. Just again, just in case you missed where it was, it was the Bois de Bouillon. <laughs> <laughs> so this no doubt came as a relief to uh, Baron Pierre de Coubertin, the French founding father of the modern Olympic movement who had opposed its inclusion but was outvoted by his International Olympic Committee colleagues. <laughs> the gold medal was won by Avril Lafou, a 37-year-old farmer's wife from the Auvergne region of France who successfully clipped 17 poodles in the allotted two-hour time frame. Oh, so it's based on time. It's based on time. The, the, well, it's number of poodles you can it's, clip in two hours. It's like a time trial. If I were to liken it to <laughs> anything, uh, it'd be like time trial in Mario Kart 64. <laughs> it is the opposite of a time trial. It is a number of things you can do in an allotted time period. (laughs) The poodle clipping competition held on April 1st was watched by 6,000 spectators, one of the larger audiences at the most chaotic Olympic Games of all. So that's the article from Christopher Lyles. This goes gangbusters, as as you can imagine. Um, It is... At the time or like... Uh, in 2008. Right, yep. Um, because, uh, obviously, the lists that come out about crazy Olympic sports of the past... Sure, and, they, they and all happen every two, every four every years. Every four yeah. years. Like the uh, the underwater diving race. In fact, you know what? I'll bring all of the weird sports back tomorrow. We'll, yeah, we'll, right. We'll go through them again. Uh, but basically, this one was sitting atop the pile. Like, it's mm. poodle clipping raises so many questions <laughs> about... Who picks the size of the dogs? Are they why all the same it, size? Why are the, why is it poodles? Why it, not any dog? Absolutely, can it not be a BYO dog thing? No. And who is providing are these p- these poodles? Are they purebred? Uh, do the poodles know they're part of this? Are they a particular color? 
are the clippers uniform? Are they clipping to a certain standard shapes like hedges? Uh, who is it? Topiary pu- poodles? <laughs> are they are they going to come out like a box? <laughs> like a box hedge? No, no, that's the follow-up sport. Make a poodle a hedge. <laughs> <laughs> then place it at the Jardin de Luxembourg. <laughs> so there's so many questions about it. And um, people had, had questions, but like the response was incredible. Now that people had discovered. Mm. It was run by uh, the Sunday Times, The Sun, The Ottawa Citizen, The China Daily, BBC, uh, The Guardian, The Poodle and Dog Blog. Of course. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, the, the SM premier <laughs> publication, <laughs> the number three poodle rag <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> Those box uh, hedging, <laughs> box hedging, is it for you and your poodle? <laughs> so everybody is running this thing. It uh, <laughs> it basically takes the internet by storm, and that's when it is uncovered that this entire thing is an April Fool's joke Uh, (laughs) (laughs) has been created by Chris Lyles because he needed to ham-fist the number 128 into his countdown of 200 Olympic things (laughs) (laughs) that he was doing. So he comes out and he's like, no, it's the competitor's name is literally called Avril La Fool. Yes, April Fool. What is wrong with all of you? Doesn't matter. This is still being run as fact now all over the internet. I read it in the Evening Standard the other day <laughs> <laughs> being being read back to me like when you've just sent a fucking The Departed style rat down the hole yeah, to yeah, see yeah. who feeds the fact back. Uh, and, and of course, uh, the premiere... Uh, Tribune, the North Devon Journal <laughs> ran at these Olympics <laughs> <laughs> under the headline, let's get out the shears for Olympic poodle clipping. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I wonder, fuck, that is a hell of an assignment, 200 different things about the Olympics. What did he do for 127 the next week? Was it just like rock climbing was once part of the Olympics? One of the competitors got his arm stuck under a rock and got stuck there for 127 (laughs) hours and then had to saw off his own arm (laughs) with a Stanley knife. (laughs) He drunk his own piss. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. He claimed bronze. (laughs) I Like 129, for example... (laughs) <laughs> he reported that the LZ-129 Hindenburg was remembered for its brooding presence at the opening ceremony of the 36 Nazi games in Berlin. <laughs> so I think he was building towards bullshit yeah. at, that, at that point. <laughs> Not the Nazi games part, that's facts. Oh, 200 is just so many things to, <laughs> to do anything about. 200 is the point at which you know your editor hates you. Yeah. <laughs> Like I think I might just do a top 10, top 200. Fuck! (laughs) That'll teach you to be so prepared that you're eight months out from the games, (laughs) pitching shit to your head. (laughs) Everyone's doing top 10, see? (laughs) (laughs) We need need to think bigger. (laughs) So big thank you to Lucy from Mount Eliza and uh, thank you for finally coming through with the goods after I responded to your uh, butt message with the fuck is this? (laughs) Love that. And if you want to support us, if you want to become a great sponsor like Spectre Drone Services, please head on over to the worst website ever made by me and the only website ever made by me, (laughs) gusandrig.biz. That's B-I-Z or Z for the Americans at home where business goes to live. And I. Absolutely. And if you want to send us some DMs, which are 
firing off all the time during these games. Hit us up on Instagram. We are Gus and Rig, G-U-S-A-N-D-R-I-G. Or send us a Facebook message like Lucy from Manalyzer did. Medallica, all one word on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And also, while I've got everyone, if you're on our Facebook, jump onto our Turkmenistan post uh, and uh, just let Pete from Queensland, uh, who had... He found it offensive that Turkmenistan had won a medal and reported the post. And we say to Pete, if you hate minnows, how the fuck did you find us? But at the same time... <laughs> I thought on. this was a fishing blog. <laughs> Give him a piece of your mind because we have big news coming up about Pete on tomorrow's episode. Don't we just. Well, mate, that's all we've got time for. Well, I've got to go, go, go and park my ass in that giant baseball mitt. <laughs> and I'm late for my lobotomy to forget about badminton. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>